eventbrownpapertickets.com. That's March 7th, Vegas Tenold, revealing what major media hides. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248PR in Santa Cruz, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Stone's Throw with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up in darkness from the ones who walk in light light them up boys there's your picture drop the shadows out of This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Tomorrow is uh, Valentine's Day. I almost said Halloween, my, my. Okay, today is the 13th of February. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. I love February the 13th. Today is the birthday, the 90th birthday of my very oldest friend, Jean Shelton. Jean had an acting school here in, first in Berkeley, then in San Francisco for many, many, many years. And uh, yes, it spawned all sorts of little, little theaters all around the Bay Area. We had a glorious party for Jean's 90th birthday. Uh, I think we need to redefine this love thing. A lifetime valentine sometimes goes to a friend as much as an old lover. You know how it is. Uh, anyway, folks, uh, last week I uh, was talking about love and relationships with a local actor-performer. Steve Budd, B-U-D-D, and Steve's doing a show. We talked about it last week. I'll mention it again. It's over at the Marsh. It's called What They Said About Love, written and performed by Steve Budd. Wow. Awarded Best of Fringe at the 2016 San Francisco Fringe Festival. This is one of those. Uh, one Man shows. I don't know. I just don't know how actors do it, but some of them can and do. Uh, anyway, Steve uh, writes about why other people can and why he can't tie the knot. Anyway, uh, he talks about how people meet and make it to the altar. And basically, he uses um, uh, people he knows. He says here, uh, he uses the vocal nuances of more than a dozen Bay Area characters using their own words taken from hours of interviews. 
and uh, he weaves into this his relentless search for the one. Anyway, uh, let's see. I'm looking here for the times and uh, the show runs through March the 3rd. Right, there's still plenty of time to see it. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to see if there's a phone number. Right, 415-282-3055. Call between 1 and 4, Monday through Friday. Uh, now, this show plays on Fridays and Saturdays only. 8 o'clock on Fridays, 8.30 on Saturdays, now through March the 3rd. Show is What They Said About Love, Steve Budd at the Marsh, for a few more weeks here. Uh, love, 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 Valentine's, yes. <laughs> I tell you, uh... Long life, love, long life, love. I think always of Elizabeth Barrett Browning. She's the one who married Robert Browning, and they went off to Italy for Baroque. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Barrett Browning has always been revered for her sonnets to Robert Browning. You know, you know the famous line, How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. Today, I think mostly I'll read you Edna St. Vincent Millay because she's my favorite. She's the bridge from these Victorian romantic poets into the 20th century. She can write with the same forms and still she can have modern subjects like jazz and cigarettes. Uh, She does not write very much about long-term relationships except, of course, (laughs) when her husband died... uh, I think uh, last Saturday night there was a a little reading at Steve Budd's show, a poetry reading by uh, the daughter of a local friend. Friend is Susan Felix, and her good husband Morton uh, died some years ago, and he he was married to Susan for 55 years. And the daughter of this couple... uh, read Morton's love poems to his wife. I find that extremely rare these days, and I think it is the sort of thing that, uh, well, I, I'd like to see it happening again. People remembering lifelong loves. Uh, it may be Victorian, <laughs> but that's okay with me. Mostly, we just play with Valentine's. Here is Gertrude Stein with a valentine to Sherwood Anderson. She wrote, Very fine is my valentine, very fine and very mine. Very mine is my valentine, very mine and very fine. Very fine is my valentine and mine. Very fine, very mine and mine is my Valentine. Ah, just love it. Just love it. I think Gertrude Stein is what gets me up in the morning these days. Gertrude Stein and Beckett. Beckett, I think of as my mother figure and uh, Stein as my father figure. Uh, in the light-hearted vein here, 
I wanted to read you just one kind of remarkable poem. Uh, I thought of it when Bob Dylan got the Nobel Prize for Literature. Some people were shocked, shocked. And they said that uh, it was not literature, not literature. Back in the 60s, I took this poem in front of me here. I took this poem into a classroom out in suburbia. And one of the, uh, I think it was a vice principal at this school, took offense. Uh, actually, uh, it wasn't so bad, the poem, but the, the music, of course. Oh, sure, didn't quite get it. He thought it was that, you know, that pop chunk. Anyway, uh I just thought, well, if I if I wait long enough, he will rue the day. <laughs> yes, and indeed he did. Now, Bob Dylan, the Nobel laureate, wrote a poem called Love Minus Zero, No Limit. And even without the sound, with the music, oh, shoot, I shouldn't read it, but I will because I just think it's super. And I did actually give it to these students, these high school students, in print. And I think perhaps uh, that's okay now, uh, now that he's a Nobel laureate. Love Minus Zero, No Limit by Bob Dylan. My love, she speaks like silence, without ideals of iron. She doesn't have to say she's faithful, yet she's to true, like ice, like fire. People carry roses and make promises by the hours. My love, she laughs like the flowers. Valentine's can't buy her. In the dime stores and bus stations, people talk of situations, read books, repeat quotations, draw conclusions on the wall. Some speak of the future, my love. She speaks softly. She knows there's no success like failure, and that failure's no success at all. The cloak and dagger dangles, madams light the candles. In ceremonies of the horsemen, even the pawn must bear, must hold, hold a grudge. Statues made of matchsticks crumble into one another. My love winks. She does not bother, she knows too much to argue. Or to judge. The bridge at midnight trembles, the country doctor rambles. Bankers' nieces seek perfection, expecting all the gifts that wise men bring. The wind howls like a hammer, the night bells ringing. My love, she's like some raven at my window with a broken wing. Indeed, indeed, that's Bob Dylan's Love Minus Zero No Limit. I think that it is just as moving as the old Victorian romantics. 
And it's modern, yes. Samuel Beckett used to say that poetry, he said, well, it has something to do with these sounds. I always say that it's the sound that makes the sense. <laughs> Let us jump to Emily Dickinson because I want to talk about the love of God. The touch, the touch of God. Emily Dickinson knew all about that. Her religion was, of course, love. Uh, she writes of, uh, what is it? Uh, let's call it, uh, the. well, she, she used to make a joke about people addressing uh, the father at, at breakfast. Anyway, here uh, she does write as if, as if there is, at least she believes in the metaphor of God, right? Okay. Emily Dickinson wrote, He fumbles at your soul as players at the keys before they drop full music on. He stuns you by degrees and prepares your brittle nature for the ethereal blow. By fainter hammers, further heard than nearer, then so slow your breath has time to straighten your brain to bubble cool deals one imperial thunderbolt that scalps your naked soul when winds Take forests in their paws. The universe is still. I think I need to read one other poem by Emily Dickinson because it is sweet and personal and uh, mm -hmm, and speaks of persons. Mm -hmm. She writes. That I did always love, I bring thee proof. That till I loved, I did not love enough. That I shall love alway, I offer thee that love is life. And life hath immortality. This dost thou doubt, sweet? Huh, then have I nothing to show. But Calvary, yes, Calvary. <laughs> Think of Golgotha, yes, get thee to Golgotha, that hill of skulls, never much, never much, never much in the poems of lovers. Here's Ezra Pound back in approximately 1912. This was written, Ezra Pound. <laughs> Well, at least he made the quatrains run on time, as <laughs> a modern poet laureate says, uh, talking about, yes, Pennywise, a funny poem. I forgot that. I'll find it next time. It's all about how Ezra Pound, uh, you, you know, uh, he did work for the fascists, but uh, at least he made the quatrains run on time. Never mind. They put him in St. Elizabeth's Hospital back in, in New York, but 
once again, I uh, uh, I digress. His poem is called Silet, S-I-L-E-T. Uh, it is enough that we once came together. What is the use of setting it to rhyme? When it is autumn, do we get spring weather or gather May of harsh north windish time? It is enough that we once came together. What if the wind have turned against the rain? It is enough that we once came together. Time has seen this and will not turn again. I have to go back to Emily Dickinson because there is a poem that echoes that last one of Ezra Pound's. I put them together in a little folder because they're both about that terrible feeling of loss. This is written by Emily Dickinson, who was born in 1830 and died in 1886, uh, I believe on the 10th of December. Christina Rossetti was born on the 5th, on my birthday. I'll get to her in a minute. Anyway, here is Emily Dickinson one more time. After great pain, a formal feeling comes. The nerves sit ceremonious like tombs. The stiff heart questions, was it he that bore? And yesterday... Or centuries before. The feet mechanical go round of ground or air or aught, a wooden way regardless grown. A quartz contentment like a stone. This is the hour of lead remembered if outlived as freezing persons recollect the snow. First chill, then stupor, then the letting go. Just one, one uh, Christina Rossetti poem. I do I do wish I could get past Christina Rossetti, but it seems to me that this little poem, song, written when she was 18, has become the poem that I keep at the absolute top of my little little pile of sacred texts. Yes, sacred texts. Christina Rossetti, born on December the 5th. This poem was written in 1848, so I'm looking to see her birth date. She must have been, she was 18 years old. Got that? 18, not like any 18-year-old I know. It's called Song by Christina Rossetti, she writes. When I am dead, my dearest, sing no sad songs for me. 
Plant thou no roses at my head, nor shady cypress tree. Be the green grass above me with showers and dewdrops wet. And if thou wilt, remember. And if thou wilt, forget. I shall not see the shadows, I shall not feel the rain, I shall not hear the nightingale sing on as if in pain. And dreaming through the twilight that doth not rise nor set, haply I may remember, and haply may forget. Let's see now. I have so many of my most favorite poems here. I I couldn't find this morning a very special poem. I, I'm not sure I like it so much. It's just that it was written by Queen Elizabeth I. We're talking 16th century, folks. Did you know that Queen Elizabeth wrote poetry? I've even got a book that insists that she's the mother of Shakespeare. They make out quite a case for it. <laughs> There's another um, case made out for, uh, uh, let's see, Edward de Vere, one of the supposed Shakespeare's, one of the people that might have written Shakespeare's plays, about Edward de Vere being Elizabeth's son. Uh, check out a movie called Anonymous. It isn't on... Uh, television anymore. I, I've got to get a copy. I want to put it uh, alongside Virginia Woolf's Orlando. Wonderful reading by Tilda Swinton. Never mind. Too many things, too many things. Uh, the book Anonymous makes out a case for any number of fascinating young men uh, as children of Queen Elizabeth I. Uh, most of the uh, movie has the young Elizabeth uh, featured, but at the end about, oh golly, about, let's say one-third of the movie has the older Elizabeth Vanessa Redgrave. Fabulous movie. Fascinating. Ben Johnson is in there. He, uh, he's supposed to have been a beard for Shakespeare at first, but uh, it's not clear. Apparently, he saved some of the works later because, of course, they were his. And in this movie, uh, the wife of Edward de Vere sneers at him when he takes the uh, manuscripts away just before the death of uh, uh, Edward de Vere, the Earl of Oxford. Very complicated story. Uh, unbelievable, but seems to me that it just is crazy enough to be fact. I'm not too sure. Uh, they toss in Christopher Marlowe and this and that. So, if nothing else, you can enjoy the movie Anonymous just for all the Elizabethanisms and little bits and pieces of that day. And mostly they try to show that the uh, events in the plays, in Shakespeare's plays, had parallels, the echoes in what was going on around town <laughs> back in the day. Jump, 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 jump forward. Uh, 
Oh, golly. Why is it I'm still on some of these sad poems? I, I am not sure I should be doing that. I mean, Valentine's Day is supposed to be about the happiness of love. Uh, but, you know, the old song, what it says, says uh, the joys of love are but a moment long. The pain of love endures the whole life long. Maybe that's the bigger gift. Who knows? Uh, I love Algernon Swinburne. What is it he wrote? Uh, I have lived long enough knowing one thing, that love hath an end. Here's a line or two of his from the hymn to Proserpine. It's a name for Persephone. There he writes, I have lived long enough, yes, having seen one thing, that love hath an end. I am sick of singing. The bays burn deep and chafe. Wilt thou yet take all Galilean, I love that, that the Galilean, of course, is Jesus Christ, and he seems to have walked off with all of the romantic, uh, <laughs> romantic dreams, say, of young women, uh, especially, say, someone like Christina Rossetti. Uh, you know, when the men failed, they turned to God. Big mistake, according to Simone de Beauvoir. She used to say that men would not look like dwarfs if we had not expected them to be gods, at least semi-gods. Uh, I think there's a point there. Uh, human beings are very often just human beings. Uh, women do seem to sometimes cast men in the role of... Uh, what, not just demigods, but uh, of the last lover. Here's uh, 1880 Margaret Widemere, Widemere, W-I-D-D-E-M-E-R. Poet I'm not familiar with, but I've kept these lines. She's writing about uh, uh, her last lover. As she writes of, uh, let us call him, uh, the metaphor. God, what her lines are. I am the dark cavalier. I am the last lover. My arms shall welcome you when other arms are tired. That's a bit more grounded than Emily Dickinson, if not quite so, uh, so spiritual or highfalutin. Let's see. I did say earlier that uh, Edna Malay is important because she took the the uh, formal formal forms, the old uh, sonnets, and she went ahead and gave them uh, modern content. Here's one I love. Uh, I remember discovering it when I was only in college. Uh, Edna St. Vincent Millay, uh, born in a, 
the last in the 19th, well, pardon me, the 20th century died in the, uh, let's see, did she die? She's 58 when she died. Oh, shoot. I was going to read you only until this cigarette is ended. I will permit my memory to recall the image of you. It's a wonderful poem. I'm going to save it for next week, right? Only until this cigarette is ended. That little moment at the end of all. I permit my memory to recall the vision of you by all my dreams attended. Then adieu, farewell, the dream is done. This has been Jennifer Stone with uh, uh, Stone's Throw. I'll be back this same time next week. Until then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. That's why we need a media that challenges the corporate power. When we cover war, we can't be brought to you by the weapons manufacturers. When we cover climate change, we can't be brought to you by the oil, gas, coal, nuclear companies. When we cover health care, we can't be brought to you by the insurance and the drug companies. We have to have a media that is a counterbalance to those in power. It's the only equalizing force. That's why you listen to and support 94.1 FM, KPFA. You're listening to KPFA 94.1, KPFB 89.3 in Berkeley, and KFCF 88.1 in Fresno. KPFA. KPFB.